Wrestling fans, this April in Jacksonville, Florida, the Spartan Combat Nationals are returning. Wrestle a different style each day, April 8th through the 10th, 2022, at the Spartan Combat Nationals. Register now at SpartanCombat.com. Now let's get to the show. And so, although I lost, you know, I, I don't have any regrets because of the way that I was able to kind of bounce back from a tough start in that season and able to regain my footing and get my best wrestling in the end. And, uh, you know, I left that tour with a fourth place finish, but, you know, I, I, I knew that I was good enough to hang with the best guys. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient it pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me taught me humility nothing can hit humble you more than wrestling i think it's the learning to adapt right you learn you learn how to adapt you learn how to solve problems you know if i look back my time i spent wrestling if it gave me one thing more than anything else it's mental toughness Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Change My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guests today are Trent and Hayden Heidley, national finalists, All-Americans for Coach Pat Papalizio out at North Carolina State. Go Wolfpack. Awesome time having these gentlemen on. I hope you enjoy the show, folks. Our fan of the week goes to Corey Runkle. AD out of Ashland Mapleton. That's Corey underscore Runkle on the gram. Thank you so much for the support, Corey. And that's it, folks. Let's get to the show with the Hydley brothers, Trent and Hayden. Peace. Well, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Yeah, awesome to be on here. We're, uh, we love the some of the documentaries you've been putting together. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool moment for us to be on here and share some of our story. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really uh, psyched up to be on here. Awesome. Well, we've had a uh, coach Papalizio on before. I've never been more nervous for an interview than that one. He's a, an intimidating man, but he's a, he's a teddy bear. And it was, it was great to learn about the, the NC state program. We'll start with you, Hayden. How did it get on your radar? I know you're a PA guy, like NC state. Was it the Bingham Binghamton connection or how did it all start for you? So it actually started with Frank Beasley. Um, he's the head coach at George Mason now, but he was the uh, associate head once I got to NC State. And uh, he actually um, married a woman from Lewistown, uh, Lindsay Beasley, uh, formerly Lindsay Snyder. Um, her brother was a, a really great wrestler um, in our area and actually wrestled at UVA. Um, so uh, he married her. And so he had that Lewistown, Pennsylvania connection. And so um, I was always on his radar and I, I was pretty familiar with him because he spent a lot of time there. Um, and he kind of taught me what pack mentality was and opened me up to NC State. And, uh, you know, they were one of my I was always interested in them because of all the information I got from Frank. And, you know, 
I went on a visit there and was hooked pretty immediately. And for me, it wasn't ever really much of a decision. Um, I just felt really comfortable with those guys and kind of Frank opened up the door to that. And Trent, how long um, was Hayden out of the house when you were just back in uh, PA holding it down while he was at NC state? Yeah. So he, see Hayden's two years um, ahead of me in school. So my, we were on the team, my, my freshman year of high school, he was a senior um, or not. No, that's not true. My sophomore year of high school, he was a senior. So after that, um, I had two years in high school where he was at NC state and I was still in high school. Was there any thought that you would go anywhere besides NC state? Yeah. Yeah. My, my recruitment prospects was a little different. Um, I think for me, I wanted to, I wanted to keep all my options open. Um, and I had a lot of good schools that were, were in contact with me. And I, I think at the time, I think a few schools kind of assumed I was going to NC state. Um, but then there was also a few that I had a lot of interest in and they, uh, I just met a lot of good coaches, um, and had seen a lot of good programs through some of my visits. Um, by the time I, I was here at this point in the recruitment process for, for high school, you had to wait till senior year to take official visits. Um, so I waited and I took, I took four officials to NC state, Iowa, uh, Lehigh and Purdue. Uh, so those are my top four. Um, and I really enjoyed all the schools. I thought they all had a lot of great stuff to offer. Um, but in the end, um, I felt, I felt really good at, at NC state. NC state's in Raleigh, right? Yeah. Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. That gentleman, that's my five-year plan to live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I, I, it's funny cause I've never been there. I used to live in California, love the mountains, love the warm weather. Now I'm back in the windy city of Chicago, obviously neither. And so, uh, my, uh, I've just been saying, I, I don't know if I can live in Florida. Texas is a little crazy, but man, North Carolina, that might be the sweet spot. And Raleigh's got so much going on. Yeah. I didn't really know much about it. Like, um, yeah, obviously, like, I, I'm not, like, it wasn't always, like, knowledgeable in the South, and kind of just wrestling wasn't always big there, so outside of, like, going to Super 32, I didn't know anything about North Carolina um, outside of, like, going to the beach at the Outer Banks, and so um, going to Raleigh was, like, uh, you know, my first kind of, like, time touring, like a, a, like, a city that's not, like, overly huge, but definitely growing, and it's it's crazy how you can kind of get whatever you want out of living in Raleigh because you're close to the mountains, you're two hours from the beach, you know, you're in a really happening city that's growing and you have all these businesses located there. And so it's been kind of really cool to see the growth in these past five years. And, you know, now we have Apple that wants to put some of their um, headquarters in, in the RDU area. Yeah. And it's like this place is just going to take off and it just keeps growing and um yeah, there's just so many connections here that, you know, it's a, it's very different from, you know, kind of what I'm used to growing up in small town, Pennsylvania, but it's a, it's definitely a, a very cool city. If you're a younger person, um, you know, there's a lot of great things about living here. And so it's definitely the best of kind of everything. And the biggest key to that then is, you know, you don't have to go through a harsh winter and, right. you know, being going through 18 of them in Pennsylvania then you have uh, you come down to Raleigh and it's like 45 degrees on some days and you have people wearing like big puffy winter coats and you know you can just kind of chill in a sweatshirt if you're from the north but um, that's kind of a, a really like I mean it's a small aspect of it but it was a sell for me it's like you know if I can go to a really high quality program and have a high quality of life and you know not have to worry about shoveling snow to get out of your car you know that's kind of a cool a little aspect to it. Oh, it's huge. It goes a long way. I mean, just the daylight, seeing sun once in a while is nice. 
So when, when on the recruiting journey, Hayden, did you meet Pat Pop? And uh, for folks who don't know who that is, what's he like as a person, as a coach? Yeah. So my first connection, like I said, was to Frank. And then, um, you know, I, um, once kind of the July one, uh, or just like the, the junior year kind of recruiting started happening for me, um, get a call from coach Pat and, uh, you know, my kind of first thoughts from him, just seeing him like in matches and stuff like that is, you know, he's a taller guy than what you're used to in wrestling. Um, he's always wearing black, um, looks really intimidating. Like, like, uh, you know, like you're watching Goodfellas or the Sopranos and stuff like that, just because he's got the long Italian last name. And, and then you start talking to him and he's got like a really kind of dry sense of humor, but I do too. And we really connected through that. And, uh, he's definitely a tough guy. Um, but it's so funny whenever you get in his circle, um, you know, hearing him laugh can make you laugh. Um, so there is that intimidation factor. And I think, uh, we like that as a team because, you know, we have a leader who's out there um, and during the matches, he gets really intense, does a lot of finger pointing. And I can only imagine the way that the refs have to feel whenever you have a guy like that kind of barking down your neck. Um, but once I went and visited the, uh, NC State and just kind of saw him in his comfort zone is like this guy is like a true alpha male and he's running his program the way he wants to. And I got a lot of confidence from that. You know, his confidence kind of rubs off on the other people and it's a very intense like workout environment you know you walk into a first real college practice and you just see guys fighting for every point like it's national finals and it's very hard as a high school student to like visualize that you know you walk into that room for the first time you're like all right this is what real wrestling looks like and to me you know they that completely sold me they didn't need to say much else after that visit I was like watching the guys on the team wrestle is like, yeah, I, I'm, I want to come here. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> and Trent, when you were first coming on board, what was your first month like at NC state in the college room? Yeah. So I, I started out, I started out at NC state. I did a summer session after high school. Um, so I got there and kind of got accustomed to um, a little bit of schooling. I took like one class and got to meet all the freshmen and uh, it, it was a tough, it was a tough summer, you know, ever, as soon as I got to NC state, um, a little bit like Hayden said, you know, you, you get sold on going there and seeing how hard the guys train and how much it means to them. Um, and how, how intense the coaches are about training and want to be better. Um, and that was something that, you know, they had pitched to me during the recruiting process. And once I got to NC state, it was exactly what they had told me, you know, we're, we're going to train hard. Um, you're going to do, you're going to do well in school. You're going to, you're gonna have some growing pains. It's not gonna be easy, um, but just trust in the process, and you're gonna you're gonna end up doing really good things. Um, so I'd say my first few months um, was pretty much what I expected, and I think coming in through college with knowing that you know the two years before I had seen how Hayden had adjusted, um, I had seen him go through the process and kind of hearing from him how how his experience was. I think that helped me a little bit um because I wasn't so green to to what I was going to see obviously it's a whole new experience I've never seen that level of wrestling before um but I kind of knew what to expect and I knew that if I could really just if I could be patient and get through my first year and take the take the lumps in the room and and just keep challenging myself um that I was gonna I was gonna find success and I I was gonna I was gonna get better through that process so I think that that was probably the hardest part was just you know, knowing you're getting beat up every day, um, 
but at the same time, knowing it's really beneficial for you and just keep going. So yeah, I'd say first few months was a, was a lot of growing pains in, in the wrestling room. So did you redshirt or did you come right out the gate? Yeah, I redshirted my first year. I redshirted at, at 174 for the first half of the year. Um, I did pretty good. I wrestled some, I had some good wins. I got fourth at the Southern scuffle. Um, but then it, I think the long-term plan for me was to go to 184 for the next few seasons. Um, so halfway through, I bumped up and, and started working on getting bigger. And I think it helped because I was able to to start seriously training with like Mock and Timmy McCall um, and Nick Reenan and those guys because they were always a little bit bigger. And, and when I was just constantly cutting weight, it, it was kind of hard for me to hang in with them. Um, so that helped me. I, I think that really that second half of my red shirt and then my spring uh, when I started wrestling with the RTC a lot, I really jumped levels. Um, and that was, that was huge for me. I started, started winning more, um, and the vision of everything that the coaches had told me, you know, kind of my, my process, it all started to click for me a little bit. Um, I was gaining some confidence in the way I was wrestling and the way I was competing. Um, and that was huge for me going into my, my, my redshirt freshman year at 184. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. When you talk to people who redshirted, they say the jumps they made during that year are just crazy. And so, to think of coming out the gate and starting is it's a little, it's a little wild to think about. Hayden, did you redshirt? Yeah, I also redshirted. So um, I was down at 157. I, I got a lot of matches in, was able to go out to Midlands. I didn't really wrestle too well there. I, I um, was a, a round short of placing, but I, I think the, the redshirt year is so tough just because you're juggling um, all of the things outside of wrestling as well. You're trying to fit in on the team. You're trying to fit in with your academics. And that was the the biggest uh, kind of advantage for me taking a red year. Not was just like get my feet under me for wrestling because I was good. It's just like when you start adding in all those other components, it can be pretty tough. And um, I think if people that are like forced right into the lineup, they have to figure that out a lot quicker than somebody who like me who redshirted. But it was tough. It was tough because whenever I redshirted, um, our starting 157 pounder actually had to go out um, in the early in the season with an injury, and so there was this big hole where, like, I felt like, oh yeah, I can just step in and be the guy. And then they're like, nah, you're not coming out of redshirt. And then they pulled in. A, they pulled out another guy, and so I was like, man, I don't really know what's going on here. I thought I'd be good enough to be the starter, and then they're like, and I talked to him. I was like you know, if you, the team needs me, I'm, I'm there. Like, I don't mind coming out of redshirt. And they're like, no, that's not the plan. And they stuck to the plan. The next year comes around. I'm a redshirt freshman. I start, um, I go undefeated until the national finals. And so like, Epic year. That, yeah, that, that was fun. The kind of prophecy plan, like it, it, it worked out. And like, that's where you start to really gain trust with these coaches because you know, anybody else could have pulled me out of red shirt that one year. And, you know, maybe I scraped my way to an all American finish, but, you know, they pull, uh, you know, I start as a red shirt freshman and have a great year um, and contribute to our team, getting a, a team trophy at NCAAs. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's lessons like that where you put all your trust into the coaches. And that's why, you know, why we come to NC state is because we believe in them and they trust in us. And, uh, you know, you start to gain that bond with them through decisions like that. And thank God, right? Because the COVID situation, you would have been done if you wouldn't have redshirted, right? That's true. Yeah. Oof, scary to yeah, think that's, about. Uh, that's uh, like going back in time. You want to thank Frank yeah. Beasley, Coach Papalizio and Obi Blanc, who was like, 
you know, cause I was very, I was, I was good enough to all American that year and they decided that it was much better for the team and by, and myself, if I waited. Now, both of you guys, you, you have uh, you know, even though I'm not, you know, East coast guy, a PA guy, you know, a couple, couple of your matches really stand out in my mind. Both of you guys, Trent, for you, it was the first weekend might've been your first or second weekend out when you guys, when did you wrestle Louis Dupre? Was that your first weekend? It was our, um, it was, it was real early in the season. I think we had done, oh, I can't remember Hayden. I don't, that might've been our first duels, I think. Yeah, I think so. Cause we, we wrestled yeah. Cornell and the, yeah, so we at, wrestled like, Cornell at like one. And then we traveled, we traveled to Binghamton and wrestled them at night. Gotcha. Uh, it was, it was, that was like our first, our, our first two duels of the season, I believe. But that was a big one for you, right? Cause you had a couple of ranked guys right out the gate. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was really big for me. Um, kind of like my, my coming out party, I'd say as a, as a college wrestler, I had Darmstadt in the morning, um, and then Dupre in the evening who, um, they were both top five in the country at my weight. And I think I was like, I hadn't, I hadn't beaten anybody yet. So I was probably top 20, I think. Um, but I remember the coaches putting this together, like, Hey, we want to get you really good matches right away, and we want you to show the country what you're made of. So I was, I was fired up. I, I was really excited for the opportunity. Um, and two guys, I had never wrestled Darmstadt before. I had wrestled Dupre um, in high school, and he beat me up pretty bad. Um, but I was, it was, it was a great opportunity, and, and the team wrestled really well. We we beat up beat up Cornell pretty good, um, and then I I beat Darmstadt, and then. Later in the evening, I wrestled Dupre in a really close match and came out on top. But that was, that was again, almost like Hayden said, it, that was big for me, just gaining confidence. Because I, in my ear, my whole red shirt leading up to this year, um, you know, the coaches are like, you're, you're a top guy in the country. Like, you're going to beat all these guys. Um, and, you know, I had, it, was, it was hard to, it's hard to kind of visualize that if you've never wrestled anybody like Did that. Did you believe him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally believed him. Um, it's just not having those matches yet it's hard to, it's hard to convince yourself that you're a, a top guy in the country when you haven't beaten them. Um, and you know, it's like, you're, you're going through a lot your first few years, and then you finally get to that, that opportunity and, you know, and you win, you know, okay, thing, things are really going to plan. I, I, I know I've done the right things. I know things are starting to pay off for me. Um, and what's next. I love it, man. That was just so fun to, to watch. And yeah, I knew Hayden's name. It didn't really know a lot about you from the high school days. And man, just coming out like a gamer early on in the year against, you know, two really good guys. That was awesome. And then Hayden for you, you know, I know you lost the match, but the year you wrestled Nolf in the semis, that might be one of the best college matches I've ever seen in my entire life. And I know there was some crazy officiating um, either way you look at it, but you, I mean, even though you lost, it's probably you know a heartbreaking loss got to look back at that match as one where you guys just both went all out. Yeah. I think in terms of like matches that people ask me about, it's definitely at the top. And, um, you know, there's obviously like the scoring sequence that was a little nutty. Um, but I think it was, it was really important for me that match just because of the year that I was having, um, you know, my freshman year, I went undefeated. I wrestled Noel from the finals and he beat me, um, you know, pretty convincingly, like, I don't know, by a couple takedowns. And then the sophomore year, you know, I come back and I have these bunch of ups and downs, you know, it's very inconsistent. I show up in December and it's like, I was going through this issue where I just couldn't score. Like I couldn't get takedowns. And it's like, it's almost like a golfer having the yips where you just like, when is this going to end? And I remember I lost <laughs> to, 
Larry Early from Old Dominion. I lost to Tyler Berger from Nebraska. That was within like two weeks of each other. And so it's like you go a whole year without losing in a regular season. You know, um, I, the next year comes around, I'm losing to Larry Early. Then I, I'm like just fighting for like a dogfight win against Appalachian State. And then, you know, Tyler Berger comes into our home, you know, arena and he beats me and it didn't feel that close. And I remember I had to talk, I had to talk with Pat and I was like, Pat, I'm not sure what's going on. I think I forgot how to wrestle. And uh, he's like, you know, what, what, what we can do is, you know, go home for Christmas, like go get off the mat for five days. Don't even touch the mat. And I was like kind of hesitant at first. I was like, I don't know how that's going to help me with wrestling. If I stop wrestling, you know, I need to <laughs> figure out how to get a takedown. And, um, you know, it turns out it worked. I, I came back after January and I just kept uh, incrementally getting better. You know, it wasn't like my freshman season where I just went, you know, you know I, I didn't have any losses. You know, that sophomore season, I had to really kind of pull myself out of a pretty, you know, dark and uh, a little bit of a hole. And so I fly through the ACC's look great. ACC tournament looked great. And then the Nationals, you know, I get a pretty uh, tough seed. I think I was a fifth seed. And I saw that I would have Nolf in the semis. And it it was like, all right, I'm wrestling my best right now. It doesn't quite matter. I could be the two seed and meet him in the finals. I'm going to have to beat, I'm going to have to beat him anyways. And, uh, you know, I get him in the semis. I knew I was having my best wrestling of the season and uh, it just wasn't quite enough. And I think, you know, you're able to, you know, reconcile that because of, you know, who he is and what kind of talent he is. Um, and so, although I lost, you know, I, I don't have any regrets because of the way that I was able to kind of bounce back from a tough start in that season and able to regain my footing and get my best wrestling in the end. And, uh, you know, I left that tournament with a fourth place finish, but, you know, I, I, I knew that I was good enough to hang with the best guys. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been a struggle in my career is just, um, you know, beating the best guys in, in the national tournament. And, uh, you know, my move up to 174 now, I think is, a lot of it's just focusing on, you know, enjoying this last year and, you know, you're going to have to beat a bunch of really good guys, but, you know, I've got one year left and, you know, why not give it another shot? That's kind of what it comes down to. And, you know, when you wrestle guys like Noel, if you kind of realize, you know, if I can hang with somebody like this, then, you know, I, I can, I can win a lot of matches in this sport and just trying to figure out that last bit in March is, is, has been the struggle for me. It's, I'm sure it has been, but just from afar, it's like, that's maybe one of only a few times I've ever seen Nolf where you thought he was going to lose, you know, IMR obviously had some great scraps with them, but man, awesome match. And I, I go back and rewatch it all the time. Curious for you, Trent, watching Hayden go through that, were you thinking like, man, what's going on here? Or were you like, what, what were your thoughts or early in the season? Yeah, it was, I guess it was kind of, it was, it was a little interesting for me because I was, I was redshirting that year. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of a utility guy, right? I, I, I'm going through like four workouts a day. I'm seeing kind of everything that the team is doing. Um, you just, I'm just not in the starting lineup. Um, but I'm seeing, you know, I'm there, I'm there with Hayden every step of the way, um, trying to help him out, get what he needs. Um, and it's like, he just got done with at the U23 championships who gets a little injured, but Russell's really good. Um, comes back and then you get thrown right right into the college season, which isn't easy. Um, and all of a sudden you're wrestling guys that you had beaten before and they want to take you out. And you know they they wrestle strategic matches. And and I think what's hard about college wrestling is you come onto the scene as a freshman um, and you have all you have all this intensity, you have all this stuff that people have never really seen before. 
And then all of a sudden the next year people are game planning you like crazy. So it's a little bit of a growing pains. I think Hayden will probably admit that that's something that has helped him grow is people trying to game plan that. But I'd say not even just as a teammate, but as, as a brother, you have to, you have to find, find a way to just bring them back to equilibrium a little bit. You know, I, I think we do a good job of, you know, helping each other out during losses and stuff, but obviously it's never easy, right? You want, you want answers right away. Um, but I, in the back of my mind, I knew not even just going into NCAAs, but the whole season that he was, you know, he was going to compete for a national title. It's just the way he was wrestling. I, I liked the way he matched up against guys. And, you know, I, you have, you have faith in, in the people that you're surrounded with. And, you know, I had never, those losses didn't honestly didn't mean a whole lot to me at that point. I knew he would, he would bounce back and wrestle his best at NCAAs. But I'd say that's one of the challenges is just trying to, you know, when, when you're, when you're not just, not just brother, but your teammate or someone that you're close to goes through something like that, you're trying to, you know, think of the right words, think of the right things to do. And, you know, a lot of times it's just taking a little bit of time off and then getting back to the, to the grind of it all. For sure. No, it's like, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to say too much or too little. Hayden, do you think it was something where you're just putting too much pressure on yourself looking back at it? I think um, the whole idea of people game planning you after a whole year of seeing you is, is tough, especially for guys like Trent and I that, you know, we probably came into our college careers very reliant on underhook offense and just being in that control position. And once you start to have guys that just are going to eliminate that at all costs, like if they're going to, like, if I'm going to beat you, it's going to have to be with something else. And for me, that was really hard to do. And still to this day, that's what you have, what we have to deal with is if we can't score with an underhook, then, you know, you got to figure some things out and we've gotten much better at that. Um, but you know, that second year of mine, um, I'm constantly looking for the stuff that made me so great and guys are completely changing the way that they wrestle. And I think that was very tough for me. And there was a time where I was like, all right, I feel like I, um, like if I'm not getting to my underhook, so this is going to go bad. And it's like, whenever you have that, that, that it's anxiety a tough for a match, yeah. it's a tough thought. And so I really just had to get over that. And I think what I would do is in practice, I would just say, all right, I'm, I just can't use an underhook for like this bit. And I'll just tell like the practice partner, do whatever you can at all costs to not let it in. And so once I started to get some more confidence in my other offense, I started to really develop a lefty high C. Um, and off of that, if you have, are good at, you know, lefty high C or just a straight on single, like I've been able to develop, you know, the underhook comes back later in the match. And so I think as the year progressed, that issue kind of started to diminish and I got way more confidence just being able to, you know, hand fight to get to other attacks. And um, whenever it was earlier in the year in like November and December, that was kind of tough because I just, I was just wrestling like I did my freshman year, whenever people didn't have a whole lot to go off of. And it's one thing to see it like that freshman year, but once you feel it, it's, it's much harder. And so I think that's why I was able to do so well that freshman year is because a lot of people just didn't feel that style. Um, and I was able to score a lot from it, but that sophomore year, I had to really kind of, yeah, I, I had to really make myself uncomfortable in practice, especially in going through those pains. And, you know, once you got through that though, it was, it was okay. I love it though. Those are the like the turning point moments where it's like the real growth happens. Did you guys watch a lot of Yazdani growing up with those underhooks? I not growing up, no, but the past few years, um, we really started to pay attention to 
to his style and kind of work towards that a little bit. It's obviously <laughs> in, impossible to, to be Yazdani, but you can take a look at what he does and it's, it's pretty damn successful. So we better take some notes. <laughs> yeah. I think what Trent and I talked about yesterday is when he wrestled, just wrestled David Taylor in the world finals, it's like, you know, we were acting like we were his coach in Yazdani, like before the match and they're just telling each other like, all right, what's the plan today? And then they look at each other and says, absolutely nothing but underhooks. Don't even try to do anything else. And it like worked, which is crazy because he just holds position so well and moves forward that, you know, why not? And it's such a tiring position. Like yeah. the trend talks about a lot. It's not the underhook itself. It's the pressure of moving forward. And then he just constantly snaps. And so that kind of, you know, back and forth is just really difficult and, you know, he sold out on that the game plan and just was like, there's nothing else. This is option <laughs> A. There's no option B today. And it's tough to watch as like a, an American fan because it just keeps happening. And he would just get into an underhook. And even if he wasn't scoring, you know, he's taking 30 seconds there of just, you know, minimizing any offense. And so it's like. I don't think I'd be able to wrestle like that just because I feel like I'd tire myself out. Like you have to wrestle like that all your life to be able to do that. And, um, you know, we throw a lot of underhooks, but you know, it's, it's a very different kind of skill set that he has. And we try to pick up as much as we can, but it's, it's all about just moving forward and getting the guy to the out of bounds line. And that helps a lot in freestyle and folk style. It's a little bit different. I don't think you can wrestle his style and folk style, um, too well. Yeah, every time you watch those matches, you know, who's got a bigger gas tank than Magic Man? But Yazdani obviously wrestles a crazy high pace. And every time David Taylor's right lat is just scratched up like a tiger's been in there, man. It's just Yazdani clawing for those underhooks. Crazy to watch that. That series in particular, so much passion because, you know, Yazdani's got the weight of Iran on his shoulders every time he gets out there. Yeah, I I can't post something on his on Instagram without with David Taylor in it without. 200 Iranian flags coming through. It's crazy. <laughs> it's awesome. Do you guys have plans to wrestle afterwards? Or are you thinking MMA? You're thinking coaching? Are you thinking Olympics? Go ahead, Trent. Um, my my plan as of right now, um, you know, we we had got an extra year for COVID. Um, so really I have I have three years of eligibility left. Um, and I plan I plan on using that, staying healthy and wrestling as long as I can. And um my plans as of right now is to stay, stay and wrestle um, at the senior level and, and, and try to make world and world Olympic teams. I think coming into college, it's kind of funny looking back. I, I was never really a big freestyle guy. I, I always, I had wrestled it. Um, but I, I always thought I was better at folk style. Um, and my, my red shirt year, I, like I said, I'd spent a lot of time with the RTC guys and, um, I was getting beat up a lot. I wasn't winning any matches. Um, but I was, I think during the time I didn't realize it, but I, my, my mad, my wrestling IQ was getting a lot bigger. Mm. Um, and I really started to like freestyle a lot. Uh, then that spring I had, um, won like the junior, the junior open in Vegas and, uh, and made the the world team and then got bronze at the junior world championship. So it kind of opened my eyes up a little bit to like, you know, you can compete, you can compete on the, on the world stage and, and, and in this level. And if you can do it now, why not? Why can't you do it in six years? So um, I want to wrestle as long as I can. I, it's, it's what I love. So as long as I can stay healthy and, and enjoy doing it, uh, I definitely want to make a push and, and, and try to make a world and Olympic team. 
2028's got a nice ring to it. 2024, either one, right? Yeah. Don't, either either don't one. Not too quick. I'll be ready. In, I'll be ready in 2024. I'm bringing the heat. I'll be ready to run. Perfect. Rock. Perfect. World's on notice. Yazdani included. You might be a little heavier than him, though. Um, Hayden, what about you, man? I've listened to a couple interviews you've done. Both of you guys did a podcast with the Wrestling Recess. That little guy does a great job, by the way. Whoever runs that out of Pennsylvania, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But on that, I think you said... Hayden, that you wanted to coach someday. I'm sure you're trying to wrestle as long as you can, but have you started to think about, you know, coaching and and some of the things you want to do afterwards? Yeah, for sure. And I think this last year was tough because um, I was left with a decision of what to do um, if I would take another year. And um, for me, I was kind of tired of cutting weight. And so I talked with Pat, I was like, listen, if you just let me wrestle whatever weight I want, then I'll come back and wrestle another year. And that's been a pretty big joy. I don't have to worry about cutting down to 157 anymore. And, uh, you know, 174, I was able to wrestle at 79 kilos at the world team trials. Um, kind of had a tough draw there and wrestled Jordan Burroughs first round, but got a takedown uh, though. That's true. I did. I did give the world some pointers on how to take him down. Um, I went out in the first 30 seconds, got an arm spin, but you know, nobody at the world championships tried it. So I'm not <laughs> sure what they were, if they were watching enough film No, but, uh, that would have been really cool if I didn't give up three takedowns in the match, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just kind of rediscovering, you know, a new passion for the sport right now. Um, I think moving up two weight classes is, is really tough. You know, cutting weights really tough though. So yeah. Um, just why not the, uh, rediscovering one, why not just 165 then? And you got, you got somebody well, on the team. It's already there. Well, if I would have gone 165, so I, I was cutting a good bit to get down to 157. Then once I stopped cutting, I grew some more weight. Um, and so I would just end up being cutting down to 165 and that would kind of defeat the purpose of me coming back for another year, just enjoying things. And so I was like, if I just go 174, I can gain some weight, um, you know, focus on getting my body ready for that weight. Um, and I'll be able to train with Trent quite a bit more. Um, and, you know, I think once you go through, um, a couple years of a lot of disappointment, um, at the NCAA tournament, you just, you have this freedom year. And if it's going to be like a free year for me to take, I might as well enjoy it as much as I can. And I put a lot of pressure on myself in previous years. And, um, you know, after I didn't finish as well as I thought I could, I think it's just really important for me to take the reset button and be like, all right, spend one more year, enjoy this as much as you can. I don't know if I'm going to wrestle after this year. I know I want to get into coaching and help guys out, but, you know, why not take this year and just, you know, have no regrets about it. You know, I don't want to have any regrets about cutting weight you know, I, I want to spend as much time as I can being a better wrestler. And so that was a lot, you know, it was a big decision for me and it was pretty risky to say, all right, I'm going up two weights to take on the best weight class in the country. You know, it could be. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a tough decision to make, but one that I don't have any regrets about because, you know, I've had a great career so far. Um, you know, I've, I put a lot of pressure on myself to win and, you know, when I haven't, you know, I've been pretty tough on myself. And so why not spend one year and, you know, if it, if it goes bad, then it goes bad, but don't have any regrets about it, you know? So yeah, you asked about MMA, uh, freestyle coaching. MMA is definitely out of the picture for me. Um, I think it takes a different breed of people to do that. I consider myself very tough, but I don't have that. All right. Lock the cage up. Let's, let's go at (laughs) it and, and see who can like pretty much fight to the death. So it's like, I don't know if I have that level of killer instinct to be able to put up with that. Um, 
And, you know, if, if things go well and I start wrestling well this year, then I, and I enjoy every process and step of the way, then yeah, I'll keep wrestling and competing. Um, but I definitely want to throw my hat in the ring into coaching. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've got a good um, background of that. It's just all the coaches that I've been surrounded by. And, you know, if you think about it, I'm like seven years older than some of the guys on the team. And so I might as well be a coach this year. <laughs> That's so crazy that, yeah, with the COVID year and all that, yeah, it's like, man, like the four-year, five-year window so so far out the door. And you could be a five-time ACC champ, right? Yeah, so whenever the um, NCAA championships were canceled two years ago, we wrestled at ACCs, and I won that. So I've won four ACC titles um, going for my fifth this, this year, and it's going to be the toughest one yet, so – I think that's uh, there's a lot of things to look forward to this year. And the one is just the, how brand new it's going to be. You know, I haven't ever wrestled at this weight class. I was able to wrestle the world team trials at it. And I wrestled two of the best guys in the world. And so that at least showed me is like, all right, I don't have any worries about, you know, the weight's not that big of a deal. You know, I battled Jordan Burroughs for six minutes and although I lost in that and I lost by two takedowns, it's still like, that's literally the best guy in the world at 174 ish pounds. So you know, you're going to do fine. You know, my wrestling knowledge is good and my experience is there. It's just, you know, you got to get used to that weight a little bit. I gotta, I gotta ask, what's it feel like to, to step on the mat with the great one, JB? Is it the double that's so quick? Like, what is it looking back on it? You know what? I think like I talked with my coaches before and the funniest part about this whole thing is they redrew that bracket three times before the, in an hour before the tournament started so after weigh-ins, I checked the bracket. I've got Taylor Lou on first round, and I'm game playing with my coaches. Like, all right, just keep things basic, get takedowns, don't get into a scramble fest. And then they redrew the bracket again, and I have Alex Deeringer, and I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> Let's change the game plan. Don't let him get my elbows. Don't get hit in the dump. Just like, you know, you're getting him off the, off the scale, make it a long kind of drawn-out match. And then they redraw the bracket again, like, after I get done warming up and then I see Jordan Burroughs and I'm like, whatever, at this point, let's just do it. And <laughs> I think because of how comical it all was, it was like, I didn't get time to be like to get nervous and you step out there and he definitely has an aura about him when he steps out on the mat, he's got like, kind of like leans back almost like it's just like another day in the office. And I knew that I was going to like kind of frustrate him from the start because he's never wrestled me before. And I know I can get, I can get one good underhook sequence on most people. And uh, the game plan was if you get to an underhook, do something crazy because, you know, you don't know how many chances you're going to get from there. So I get a good underhook and I go right into an arm spin and I was able to get a takedown from it. And then like, after that, you kind of have to, all right, how am I going to score again? Because he's not going to let me do this again. Like there's no chance that he's going to let me in and over under. And the one thing that I would say that it goes underappreciated about him is, um, you know, a person like Meek is really good at defending his double. I gave up a, a pretty good double um, takedown that he got on me, but my underhooks are so good, I can kind of defend and bring him up. But what people don't appreciate is how good his single leg is. And from somebody that's wrestled him, I put his single leg and his double leg right at the same level. They're, they cause that much fear, you know, both ways. Because if you're constantly looking for that double, he's looking to get your level lower. And so you lower your level, he snaps and is just able to chase to that ankle and go single leg. Yeah. And that's a really tough thing for people to understand is how good he is at doing that. It's one big setup. He body fakes, body fakes, you lower your level 
you know, he kind of snaps and just like throws his body at it. And next thing you know, he's on your ankle. And so like, for me, that was a, a big, you know, I, I learned a lot from that just because like, yeah, he's got a great double leg, but his single legs just as good because of the way he's able to set you up. It reminds me of John Smith, you know, obviously the low single, but really the, the elbow to the high C was what he had a, maybe more because everyone's so afraid of the distance. It got to tie it up. And then he, he hits him with the, with the elbow to the high C. So Trent, you know, obviously you didn't wrestle the likes of Jordan Burroughs, but I'm just curious when you were coming up, who were some of your favorite guys to watch either U S wrestlers or international wrestlers that you really modeled yourself after whether in high school or college? Um, let's see. I, I don't know if I necessarily ever took any, it, honestly, probably Hayden style had, had kind of molded mine the most, I think, cause we wrestled so much. My, my eighth grade and freshman year at high school, we pretty much wrestled like every day in practice. And I got beat up so much that I tried to do underhooks and I was really bad at it and I couldn't really figure it out. And I, I just kept doing it until I, I got good at it. Um, so I'd say just by wrestling him, I, that's kind of where my underhook style came from. Um, but we grew up, we grew up in the, in the center of, um, center of PA. And when we were little, there was a lot of good wrestling. I mean, you had, the Alton brothers who lived an hour away from us that wrestled our teams all the time. Uh, Mitchell Port, uh, guys like Buck Dippery that were in our, in our area um, that I looked up to a lot. Quentin Wright um, wrestled for Bald Eagle. Yeah. Um, we would go to Penn state matches and watch him. And he, he'd always made an underhook so effortless. He, he scored so easily with it. Um, and I think just being growing up in that area of, of district six and central PA you saw all these guys and they were really good at the high school level. And then they were really good at the college level. Um, so I think that gave both Hayden and I a little bit of confidence knowing that, you know, guys, guys like us from a small town, like Lewistown, Pennsylvania, uh, we, we could compete at a, at a really high level and we could accomplish our goals. And we, we trained really hard. Um, I'd say as I started to get older, definitely in the college, I've, I've really grown to, to like watching the, the international style a lot. I think, and I know we had talked about Yazdani, but like, that's a guy that I could, I could watch for hours and, and try to emulate what he's doing. And I think I've picked some good things up. Um, yeah, really. I, you know, I think I have a pretty, I have a pretty unique style and I, and I like to, I, I get confidence off that. I, I think that's, that's fun for me knowing that, you know, I do some things that not a lot of people do. Um, and sometimes it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I know, at the end of the day, I, I put a lot into to being myself on that, and that, that's where I get my identity from, um, and that's that's why I love the sport. You can, you know, it, it's for everybody. Everybody can can have that thing that they do, um, and for me, I know I, I wrestle a little bit different. I, I'm a little different in the head than a lot of people, but... Um, All I, great I, champions do that, though, man. Satiev had his own style. John Smith had his own style. Like, a lot of the greats, man, they have something that they do that nobody else does, so you're in good company there. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, uh, hell, I hope I can have the, yeah, I think Trent's, Trent's style too is like, it's like, uh, so much aggression. And that's what, like, you hear it all the time is like, when you watch his matches, you have the coaches in the opposing corners, like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. But like, if you can't stop it, then, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, he's only got this, he's only got this, but once you feel that pressure and he's constantly just being the aggressor, 
you know, it's, it's a tough thing to deal with. And I, I really like watching Trent style just because of that is, you know, what's coming, but he can tire you out to get to there. And then next thing you know, he's developing this new stuff. And so I, I really got a lot of confidence um, just from watching Trent this year, because, you know, if you look at his resume and freestyle, it's off the charts. Good, like sneaky good, because one, he beat Miles Amin, who won a bronze medal at the Olympics. And it's like, you know, he's right there with everybody. Right. He's at, you know, he's at, at 86 kilos. That um, That's just a crazy weight at, at the United States. But, crazy. you know, Trent's wins are are incredible this year. No doubt, man. It's That's what's so exciting in that you guys are all leading this resurgence of Southeast wrestling, which is just unthinkable to me that there are so many schools that are competing hard in the ACC. Unthinkable in the sense of, you know, 20 years ago, you didn't even consider it. And now... There's more school. There's more D1 wrestling in North Carolina than there is the great state of Illinois, which is just shocking to me. And it's awesome. It bums me out. It's awesome in North Carolina, but it's like that's a model for what we could do in every state. I got one question left for both of you. Start with you, Hayden. And I don't mean to bring um, another program into the mix, but Trent, you reminded me that you guys grew up near Penn State. I got to know, Hayden, what was the atmosphere like when Zane upset Logan Stever? Yeah, so Trent and I were actually at that match. Were you? Um, yeah, yep. We actually had, uh, you know, we grew up 30 we minutes. We grew up season State. ticket holders. <laughs> yep. Dang. Season you- ticket holders. Um, I must have been in like, I want to say I was in like ninth grade at the time when it happened. And I've been there th- for some loud moments. Like I was there, um, my first wrestling match that I ever went to as a kid, I was just getting into the sport. My dad never wrestled. Um, and somebody was like, Hey, you should come to this Penn state Lehigh match. And we go to the Penn state Lehigh match and it's the match where John Trench got thrown out and his dad threw a water bottle out into the mat. And it was like, wait a minute, this is what wrestling is. Like it was insane. Cause John Trench has had the, the goggles and the guy was poking him in the eye and he just kind of went, went crazy a little bit. And, um, that was my first wrestling match I ever watched. And I remember that being crazy as like six years old. And then you, you know, go forward about like 10 years. And, you know, we were season ticket holders, went, watched all the matches with Penn State and Iowa, um, just absolute bonkers kind of stuff. And uh, I remember growing up, we trained um, in the same club as Zane. And so we were pretty, pretty close with him um, and definitely rooting for him at the time. And I just just a killer growing up. Was he just an animal though, all the time? Yeah, I mean, he was a little bit bigger um, than I was uh, at the time. And so I never really got to like kind of witness like the pain of wrestling him. Uh, <laughs> but um, he just was just gritty, like more gritty than you could even imagine. Like think about like the guy that just grinds your gears whenever you have to wrestle him. Give that to Zane, but he's just skilled everywhere. And it, that's that, that's a guy that I had a lot of fear for whenever I walked in the room is like if if uh you know the practice partners thing if that gets a little bit crazy i might have to wrestle with him mm. and then hopefully i could just like make it out of there alive um but uh i think watching that match at penn state um you just saw like steber looked a little bit off after the first period like you could see that and the crowd noticed it too and they got behind zane and zane kind of smelled blood a bit um and that was just crazy because you know nobody really made Steber look like that. And, you know, there's a lot of things that come out of that. It's just like maybe Steber was sick, but like in order to 
sense that you got to be a killer and an alpha yourself. And so I took a lot out of that. Um, but yeah, Trent and I were season ticket holders all the way up through, you know, the high school recruiting process. And like, um, you know, they were pretty much full at my weight. Once I got there, Nolf was just getting into his own and, you know, you know, wreaking havoc on everybody in the NCAA. And so there wasn't really a lot of interest there. Um, and so it was kind of like, after that, it was like, I don't really want to go to these matches anymore. <laughs> right. Right. It's crazy though, to see that. Cause I, I just rewatched the match I had Zanon recently. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people commented that Logan was sick. Okay. That may be the case, but dude, Logan had a bar so tight on Zane after that first takedown, I thought he was for sure turning him. Zane fights, fights. It doesn't go to his back. Just an amazing match. And you know, I forgot that you guys grew up right there. So I had to ask, Trent, last one for you, my friend. And I hope I'm thinking of you when I think of this, because I, I do so many of these. Sometimes I get stats confused. Your freshman year, did you have to cut down to like 138? Because you had like, you and Trent were the same weight, then uh, you and Hayden were the same weight, then the guy below you was a state, like a stud. So you ended up cutting like to like some drastic amount of weight, right? Yeah, so my, my freshman year was kind of, Hayden and I actually both kind of went through a similar situation. Both of our freshman year in high school, it was kind of like hell. Uh, Hayden cut down to 113, and I, I cut down to 138. From I what? Probably weighed, I probably weighed like up like, at least mids, probably lower 60s, I'd say. Um, and like I had never, I had never cut weight before. Like I, I wrestled my whole life. I'd never cut that much weight, and I didn't know what to do. And I, obviously, I didn't do it right eating like Jolly Ranchers for lunch and putting on sauna suits and running after practice and pray to God you'd lose another pound. But like, dude, that was, that was really hard for me. Um, I will say as hard as it was and as long as I had to do it for, I remember getting to a state tournament and I, I lost in the blood round to a kid. I was, I was better than he was just older. And I remember like, that was really emotional for me. Part of it, I, I was so ready to be done with it. Um, but I think I had gotten still to this day, I, I, I got so tough from that year. And although it wasn't healthy for me, I took so much away from that mentally. Like, dude, if I can do this, then I, I can do whatever the hell I need to do to make weight or win a wrestling match. Like I can, I, I have that instilled in me now that, that I, I'm, I'm going to be tough from that for my whole life. So it, it was terrible, but I also looked at it as a little bit of a gift and knowing like I've gone through this and, 99.9% of the population will never have to do something like that. Um, and if I can get a little bit of edge, if I can get a little bit of edge from that, then, then I'm going to be a pretty good going forward. Yeah. I think definitely watching Trent do that made me feel bad because I was at the weight above him and was not, I wasn't cutting as much, but it was like tough because I saw myself like my freshman year, I was cutting down to 113, and then the next year I wrestled 138. And so I was like, after I did it, I had a similar kind of thought process of it. I'm not as tough as Trent. So I don't really, I don't take, I didn't take the same thoughts away from it. I was like, screw this. I just want to be good at wrestling where I can wrestle where I want to. And I think in college, it's a different story. Like you, like I figured out how to cut weight in college. Um, I did like was doing it smart. And even though I say like, listen, I don't want to do 157 anymore. I was doing it in the right way. It's just, you know, you get tired of it after doing it for five years. So that's much different than what I went through in high school, what Trent went through in high school. And, uh, but looking back at that, it's like, oh man, that's kind of like not what you want to do. And I, I would 
you know, if I have kids that wrestle someday, I would not want them to never let them happen. No, No. Trent, as a freshman, that's crazy. That is, our parents were like, What in the world is this? Because my dad didn't wrestle, my dad was an athlete though, and he saw what we were doing. He's like, What in the world is this? And good god, um, I think it was like, like it's it's a tough learning process but it's like something i'd i wouldn't recommend doing but it was kind of just like you kind of had to because it was good for the team and you're the new guy and it's like you know looking back then i would just said screw it i'm going up to 120 and beating whoever this is even though he was good for the team to have that spot but that's i think one thing that you know you look back on it's like you learned a lot from it and just lucky that you know nothing nothing bad happened yeah there's some dark day. You brought up some, some bad memories. <laughs> I honestly, I remember at practice. I remember at practice, Trent would just be like having a tough time, and always, I would always like have to get him pissed off just to make sure that he was like active and in, in the um, practice and losing weight. And so I would deliberately just try to piss him off to get him to wrestle back hard. And then next thing you know, 20 minutes goes by and he's like, Oh, thank God we did that. So I could get this weight off. God. There were some, there were some unbelievable ass beatings my freshman and sophomore year. <laughs> I think I might, I might've scored a total of like eight takedowns, I think in two years. Um, you know, like we went together every day, but obviously it was, it was good for us, but Man. yeah, there were, you brought up some really dark memories. Freshman year is the worst year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I just couldn't believe hearing you say that because that's a lot for a college man to drop, let alone a, a baby face freshman, you know, and, and let alone 138, such a man's weight to wrestle in. It's like the premier high school weight, one of them, you know, and yeah, I, I, I had to ask because I was just dying to know what it was like. And I mean, you guys, we could us, us three could sit around and talk wrestling for, for four hours and I hope to make it out to NC State or have you guys back on soon. But man, it has just been an honor to speak with you, you gentlemen today. Any last words before we sign off, guys? Uh, thank you so much for having us on. Um, it was tough that we had to end on a note like that, but no, uh, no, it's all good. I think, all I, good. I think a PSA to give is just like, please don't follow that, that process here. Like it might've made Trent really tough. It might've made me tough. Like, but I really think you can find other ways to do it. <laughs> yeah. Thank no. you so much for having us on. I mean, I, I had a blast and I, obviously we can talk wrestling and technique for hours. And so it's a, uh, you know, anytime you need us on, give us a call. We'd love to have you at NC State to give you the tour. Oh, it'd be awesome, man. I, I would love to do it. And yeah, just thanks again, gentlemen. You have a great night. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. To see video clips from this interview, please go to Instagram at Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was proudly presented by Spartan Combat. The Spartan Combat Nationals are returning to Jacksonville, Florida. April 8th through the 10th, 2022. Register now at SpartanCombat.com.